Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and we have a special guest with us today, Carrie Gintz. She is the author of a fascinating book called uh, Jericho Unmasked. It's a uh, entrapped lesbian's journey to freedom, but her uh, career is quite impressive. Uh, she's a global project manager and operations leader. She has worked at Goodrich Pacific Scientific Energetic materials company. She has more than 20 years experience in capital equipment, aerospace, commercial sector, and consumer products. And there's a picture of the cover of her book on the screen. You may want to check that out. And her website is Carrie Ginsk, C-A-R-I-G-I-N-T-Z dot com. So you get that all straightened out. Carrie, good to see you. Hi, how are you? Hi, good morning. Nice to have you. Um, where, first of all, where can they get the book? So it's available on Amazon. Okay. It's type title and it's there. And there's also a link on my website to be able to secure it. Okay, we'll get into it. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, fascinating story. I'm sure there's much behind it. Why did you write this book? Well, the Lord told me to write it. It was time <laughs> because... I was, uh, I experienced uh, healing by him in two, uh, November 23rd, 2009, which I'll get into. But it was uh, about uh, nine years later before I wrote the book. And the main reason is that going through such a massive healing is wonderful, but the ultimate thing that has to occur is identi identity and intimacy in Christ. And I had to really find that as the foundational basis. Otherwise, the book would have been incomplete. Sure. Um, your story is fascinating. I, I want you to share with it. But you did grow up in a Christian home. So what, yes. what happened? So I uh, actually received the Lord when I was uh, five years old. And I tell people that God sees the landscape of our life and sees the finished pot. But I absolutely... Uh, received the Lord and had the seed of Christ in me and um, went through some uh, sexual abuse at age, at a very young age, which I did not realize until later in life. But it was definitely a chink. And I tell people that the discussion of born gay is really a mute point in my in in my framework, because we're all born into a, into sin and into a condition. So to me, it's a very mute argument because when we receive Christ, we're to uh, die to our prior life and live as he would want us to live. But I progressed and I ended up in a very uh, extreme uh, Christian cult in California. Actually, it was just called the church and it was um, uh, Witness Lee and Watchman Nee and um, uh, the Watchman Nee teachings are awesome. Witness Lee was uh, a bit off. So it was a very legal environment, but it kept me um, in many ways protected from myself. And the word was poured into me, even though it was very legal, it was poured into me. And that was really a shield of protection because the word never returns void. 
But subsequent to that, I got married, had a child, and then my marriage ended because my husband at the time announced that uh, he was going to uh, go be with a man. And I had struggled with my identity uh, from the time I was about 13 or 14, but I'm older, so I didn't really call it lesbian or gay or any of those terms. I just knew I struggled. So when he left, it really put me into a tailspin. And one day I raised my fist at God and said, I'm going to do life on my terms. And that's why I called the book Jericho Unmasked, because in, in Joshua, it says the walls were so high, no one could get in and no one could get out. So when those walls erected, I um, became unknowingly entrapped in a life that would be um, quite dismal. And in God's kindness, he would discipline me greatly. But I walked into my first gay bar and was ready to do life on my terms. And uh, it was, it was um, people who say it's, it's a gay life are very remiss. Uh, it was um, Satan would uh, put the bait out there and it'd be great for about six months. And then travesty would occur because especially when you're God's kid, he does not let up. He is the hound of heaven. Mm -hmm. And the word was constantly there. So I knew that I was violating God's word. I was extremely clear on that. In fact, I could never use the term gay Christian because I could never reconcile the pride flag next to the greatest symbol of humility, which is the cross of Christ. So I could never do that. I could never put those words in the same sentence. Mm. And I even went to a church that did in Los Angeles. I now live in Ohio, but I was in Los Angeles. And um, I just couldn't uh, reconcile it. But in depleted states of breakups and constant turmoil, I would ask God to do for me what I could not do for myself. And this is why I called it Jericho Unmasked, because I believe there was a woman, Rahab, in Jericho, who was probably praying the same prayer because she knew the God of Israel and she feared him. But yet she was trapped and she had no way out. But God is the one who broke down those walls. And for me, I prayed a prayer, a very simple prayer. God, will you do for me what I cannot do for myself? Nobody knew that I was praying that prayer except for me in the quietness and space. So never, ever look at a person and think that God is not after them and never write their finishing chapters because I, um, I prayed that prayer mm. in a quiet place. And sometimes it was just the groaning of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I didn't even know what I was really saying or what I really wanted. I, th I think what I'm sensing here, Carrie, and you help, help me to define this. I don't think a lot of people understand the struggle. And if I can use the term just briefly for a moment, the term addiction, I don't mm -hmm. know if people can really understand the struggle. Here you are trying to balance uh, knowing you are wrong, but you have this pull. Mm -hmm. um, that is the central most 
difficult thing for people that struggle with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That pool there, back and forth, back and forth. Um, did anybody try to come rescue you during that time? So I would I would say this that um, there's a you know when we're when we first pop out of the womb, Satan is right there, ready to capitalize on any chink, and because of sin. And because of generational sin and just because of the fact that we're not born good, we're born fallen in need of a savior. um, There's just a lot that gets capitalized on that. And I would say that the um, as far as rescue is concerned. um, I don't know if you can actually personally rescue someone from this i think you pray for jesus to rescue them because i believe this is only rectified through um deep consecrated deliberate and long-term prayer Mm. because this this is the very essence of love it floods through the entire dna structure and God is really the one who has to come in and transform and heal. And for me, it was a one-on-one encounter with him. However, I did have a mentor at one point because when I moved to Ohio, I actually joined this church that didn't agree with me, but the pastor looked just like my father. And one day he spoke a word of truth, but I had gotten a mentor who I just wanted a buddy in the church and she loved me. She asked me a lot of questions, but boy, that woman was violent for the kingdom and prayed for me mightily. Additionally, I had a praying mom. She was never ashamed of me. She had confidence that God would finish the work that he started. And she drew what I call marchers around Jericho. But she knew that the marchers weren't the ones that were going to take down the wall. Their obedience was to march. God was going to be the one that was going to take down the walls. Yeah, you're starting to really bring into clarity the the, uh, metaphor of uh, Jericho. Let me ask you this. During all of this, because of your background, being raised in church, being kind of groomed in a very legalistic church, and yet you leave all that to pursue this lifestyle. This may be a conflict here of terms, but did you consider yourself a gay Christian? So I considered myself gay. I considered myself a Christian, but I never called myself a gay Christian. And the reason is because I knew that gay represented pride and Christianity is the height of humility and the cross. So it may sound very weird, but I just never, ever called myself a gay Christian. If people said, do you believe in Christ? I'd say, yes, I received him at five. Are you a homosexual? Yes. But it would end there. And it's weird. It probably sounds very weird to people. But I just had such a 
holy fear of the Lord that I would never use those terms in the same sentence. That is because pride and humility cannot live in concert and communion with one another. That is a an amazing statement. So let me um, just ask one other question. Wouldn't this also be applied to people who are stuck in any other addiction? They they could be a believer, but they're 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 battling an addiction, right? This is this is why identity identity in Christ is so critical. I I, I shared with someone that I'd heard in a Bible study years ago after the Lord really um, freed me that the the greatest hindrance to the next great work of God in your life is the last great work, and the Lord had amazingly freed me from homosexuality in a moment in time, um, which we can talk about. But, but the, the, the thing is this, is that, um, that freedom to bring you out of sin, I had to be brought into intimacy with Christ. Right, right, right. And so that's where, um, that that's where identity is so critical. I don't, I, I don't, I think that once people, you know, stop addictions and this type of thing, their, their identity just needs to be simply like mine. I am Carrie Gins, a child of the King period. Okay. One, one quick, I want to go back. Just one, ask one question before we take a break. And that is, um, what do you think triggered your homosexual desire? Was it the abuse? So again, I, I go back that um, we can all be born with um, different chinks and propensities in our being because we're born fallen. Um, the abuse could have triggered other things. It could have launched, uh, in other words, not everybody ab that's abused, you know, ends up, uh, in this, uh, in homosexuality. And so it's hard for me to define. I do not think that it helped the situation by any stretch because it ignited something prematurely that should have never been ignited. Mm. But again, that's why I say that the question of born gay is so mute because we're born in a condition that is capable of anything under the sun. But when we get redeemed by Christ, we are to die and our life is to be hid with Christ in God. So whatever our, our birthright is in the natural is to alter and change when we come into a saving knowledge of Christ and he redeems us. Yeah. So this discussion of, well, I'm born this way and I can't help it. Well, I'm sorry. That is too small of a God. Very well said. Let me take a quick break. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, Carrie Gentz is with us. She's the author of a fascinating read, as you can tell by this story and properly entitled Jericho Unmasked. There's a picture of the cover of the book. Uh, the subtitle is An Entrapped Lesbian's Journey to Freedom. And we're going to talk about this moment that 
really rocked her boat when we come back. <laughs> we'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. What an honor to have with us today, Carrie Gantz. She's the author of a fascinating read. Uh, I can just tell by the short time we've talked here already today, she has thought this out really well. Uh, the book is entitled Jericho Unmasked. It's an entrapped lesbian's journey to freedom. Now, there's a lot in here that is significant. I would encourage you to check it out online, Amazon, or through her website. And that is C-A-R-I-G-I-N-T-Z dot com. Okay, Carrie Gintz. Carrie, this is so fascinating. Uh, like I just said, you have thought this through. Your answers are amazing. And um, you said something about the term gay Christian. I don't think anybody's ever considered that. That is a bombshell of a definition. Um, but something, here you are raised in a Christian home. You go to a very legalistic church. You got the word of God in your life. You still choose to go to this gay lifestyle. But something else happened down the road. What was it? So I was lifted out of Southern California. I lived there my whole life, born and raised in the San Fernando Valley. And uh, one day I got a job offer to move to Northeast Ohio. And in 24 days, I was there. It's like God just lifted me out and said, I'm taking you to a new place. And so I moved here with a partner. And I had everything, great job, amazing home, because the property you can get in Ohio is just spectacular. Um, member of a country club, um, was learning how to play golf. Life was grand, but it wasn't. And uh, I started, like I said, attending this very fundamental church, which was ironic, but God is good that way. And... In September of uh, 09, the pastor gave a very clear word and on homosexuality. And I knew it, but something sort of changed. And then I went and met with the pastor, thinking he would not change my mind and I would not change his. And I actually prayed for him not to pray the gay away. Because I knew that verse, that if you clean a house, seven more will come in. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't need seven more. So don't be praying that prayer. And he agreed. So I walked out of his office thinking I was no worse for the wear. And I'm telling you, my life got dark. Nothing changed outwardly. But inside, I started looking at my face. I could see myself aging. My language was beyond deplorable. But I saw such a darkness that it actually frightened me. And on November 23rd, 2009, I can't tell you what 
led me to my office in my home to sit on this couch. I just know I said to the Lord, okay, whatever you have to say, I'm listening. And I took my dusty Bible off the shelf and did what you never should do, opened and pointed, but God is in the details that day. And it was Luke 3. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and I've come to make the crooked paths straight. Now I want to clarify, the opposite of homosexuality is not heterosexuality, it's holiness. So the straight path, don't take that like heterosexuality, take it as a straight path of holiness. But I have to tell you, in that moment, as I sat down and looked at my Bible, it was like a spiritual bomb went off. And when I wrote a poem, it's like there was this thread of DNA, fallen DNA that had just woven through my being. But since I was five years old, God was sewing alongside that DNA. And he said, you don't need this anymore. And he just pulled it out. I'm telling you, it was, it was astounding. But I knew in that moment I was changed and I was free. I can't, I don't even know how to describe it. But God will never leave us an empty house. He will always fill it with himself. He will never just pull out sin and leave us empty because that would expose us to horror. And I went to bed that night and I woke up the next day and everything was different. And I didn't even know how to do it or how to act. I just knew my entire life had altered before my eyes. That night I left my partner. I said, I can't do this anymore. God has spoken to me clear and he's, and he's healed me. And she looked at me and she said, are you putting God before me? And I said, I believe I am. I mean, it was so powerful. But again, that was just the framework to get me to the place of intimacy and identity in Christ, because I was still horizontally aligned. So when the Lord brought in wonderful Christian friends and an accountability network, I was saying, thus saith so-and-so, thus saith so-and-so, until God just finally pulled the rug and said, no, I want you to read your word, the word. I want to experience intimacy with you. I want you to have a vertical alignment that is so tight that you will not be deceived or drift away from me. And I want you to draw much closer. I just read in Hebrews this morning. We are to draw much closer and hear the words so we will not drift away. And this is so critical. You bring up something here, Carrie, that's amazing. That's just so beautiful. Um, I know that God moves when he's asked to. God moves sovereignly. Okay. Um, He usually doesn't go where he's not invited. (laughs) Well, remember, I had prayed that prayer for five years, not even knowing what I was praying. God, will you do for me what I can't do for myself? Right. What else do you think was going on behind the scenes that you didn't know at the time that was helping you? Was it your praying mom? Was it 
friends? Oh, there were that in the church I was going to, there were a number of people petitioning on my behalf. And my mentor, who is this 75 year old woman, told me that the week before God had woken her up at 3 a.m. every day to get on her knees and appeal on my behalf. Oh, my stars. How does that make you feel now? Well, she recently passed away and I was heartbroken. I said, heaven, I said, the earth lost a strong prayer warrior. No, it was the most loving thing. I would have never known it. And my mom and all of her marchers, because, you know, when, when Joshua was told that the people were to march around Jericho, only Joshua knew the number of days it would be, not the people. Wow. They had to march in faith. And they did not know when the horns would blow. We as people have to, I march in faith on behalf of my ex-husband every day since I have been healed. And I, I know that the Lord will do a work. I just don't know when the walls are going to tumble. Beautiful. Um, this is a difficult question. Do you, how, how do you handle looking back and maybe having regret? So, um, I really hang on the verse that Paul says, forgetting what's behind, I press toward the mark. Mm, And it's not that you don't remember all the facts, but the Lord has really afforded me forgetting the pain, forgetting the pain of the extreme cult I was in where I burned all my possessions forgetting the pain of the loss of my youth, forgetting the pain of the loss of a marriage, forgetting the pain of all the partners. Because look at the Apostle Paul. My heavens, he witnessed the stoning of Stephen, and it was on his dime. He actually had Christians persecuted. Imagine if Paul lived in that space of regret. He could have never written as much as, he could have never written the New Testament. He would have been so bound by what he did in the past that he could have never pressed forward. That's beautiful. Let me ask you one more quick question. And it's, it's a big question. I don't know if there's a short okay. answer to it. And that is, what would you say to someone who is struggling with same-sex attraction? Or what would you say to parents whose children are going down that road? So the, for the person who is struggling with same-sex attraction... God saw you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. Your name was on the cross and he would have died for you if you were the only human being on earth. He sees your struggle. He sees your pain better than most humans can see your pain. And he's big enough to be um, a great God. And if you surrender to him, you will see faces of him that many do not have the privilege of seeing. Mm. And for the, the parents, I would say, A, do not make it the central theme and focus of your home because the enemy wants to distract you away from the primary purpose of your life, and that's to follow Christ and him alone. Release your children into his hands. Pray for them mightily because... When God does this, 
when, when God is working, he will finish his work. But Satan's main ploy in these days and times is parents will be strong and diligent until their child or a friend or relative comes and says, I identify as part of the LGBTQ community. And then it's all of a sudden God's word isn't relevant. It can't be because love is so mixed up in a framework today that has fallen and off. The greatest love is to stand in the gap for your child, be a bridge to them for all the sadness and things that will ensue. Pray for them, but do not allow the enemy to spin your home out of control or spin you out of control. Stay grounded, fixed, and focused with your intimacy in Christ and stay grounded in his word. Carrie, you're an inspiration. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, check out her book called Jericho Unmasked, An Entrapped Lesbian's Journey to Freedom. As you can tell, this is just not a normal read. And you can go to her website. You can get that online, by the way. Go to her website, Carrie. That's C-A-R-I against G-I-N-T-Z dot com. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your openness and, and transparency. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.